Hello world, you have tuned in to 513 Heartbeat Speaker Box to the Soul here on Anchor.fm and heard anywhere you can listen to a podcast. I am your host, Sugar Renee, bringing you the best in instrumentals, indie music, and inspiration for your week. Mm, come in, relax, baby, take your cold energy it's filling me and i just wanna share and not just cause i care i just wanna take you there over and over and over again you've been down for a minute now it's time to get lifted give you peace of mind help you to remind yourself that life it is worth living this space is for healing. Lay your burdens down. Keep your chin up. Respect your crown. Yeah, yeah. Come in, unwind, take back your time. Cause we don't have to go nowhere. And we don't answer to no one. Two drinks, filled with ice. Greetings. Hello, hello. Wonderful, I can hear you. Yes, it's crazy. We, we've been going through all these changes trying to get the show to start off right. So this is <laughs> officially Black Excellence, episode two for 513 Heartbeat. I am your host, Sugar Renee, and I will be interviewing Ms. Satek of Hawthorne's Treasure, the CEO and founder of her wonderful crafting jewelry business, and I'll be asking her some questions, and she'll be letting us know the ins and outs of the crafting world. Thank you, Miss Satek. Hey, hey. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I just want to dive right into it, seeing as how we've been going through so many changes. Why crafting and why jewelry? So jewelry is something that I feel was a gift given to me by my ancestors. I felt like it was something that they brought and handing it directly to me. A good friend of mine um, gave me some beads a long time ago and she told me to see what I could do with them. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see what I can do. So I went and um, bought some mini tools because I didn't have any tools at the time because I hadn't been making jewelry. So I got my little mini tools. I sat down at home. I tested it out. I hadn't made anything before. I guess I just kind of went off of um memory based off of what I remember things looking like when I see earrings, how they look. So I just mimicked what I saw. Everything seemed cool to me. Okay, I like working with my hands. 
uh, This Is Life is Therapeutic. And then once people started to see my jewelry, they actually liked it and wanted to buy it. So then I'm like, oh man, maybe I'm on to something. So make more jewelry. And then they want to buy that as well. And when I first started making jewelry, the pieces that I made, I don't have any of them because all of them were uh, given to people who wanted them. And that was before I monetized it. That's before I really realized, yo, you could make some money off of this. I'm like, wait, now I'm giving away enough earrings to if I was being paid for these earrings, I can make quite a bit of money. So it it was one of those things where one thing led to another thing. Um, it wasn't something I initially had in mind. It wasn't anything that I ever thought about doing before. It was it was truly a gift. It was like, see what you can do. So I saw what I can do, and actually I was pretty gifted at it. And I'm um, very thankful for that. So this journey, this journey has been an interesting <laughs> one. It wasn't one that I had, uh, it wasn't my friend. So it's not because you absolutely love to work with your hands or anything like that. It was just I mean, I like absolutely love to work yeah, no, I absolutely love to work with my hands, but I didn't realize how much so until I actually started making it. Because I was always like, uh, I considered myself a tinker. I always like messing with stuff and fixing things and putting things together and doing things like that. But the thought of jewelry itself never crossed my mind until a friend of mine suggested it. So in your opinion, do you feel like home is the best place to start working from? Or should you invest in a separate space? Like if, if somebody's starting out as a crafter, should they start out at home or should they invest in a place? Like all this stuff. Usually most uh, things, I would say hobbies, sometimes things start off as hobbies. And a lot of times hobbies, you start off at home. It's only when you realize that maybe you actually want to do something with it for real that you might contemplate having a separate space where you do it. But I really think it depends on the people. It depends on the person. It depends on the creator. Um, because for me personally, I'm a homebody. I love to be at home. I would rather be at home than anywhere else. So working from home is absolutely perfect. But if you're somebody who likes to get out of the house and you, you have to leave your house every day and so on and so forth, then I would say getting a space that is outside of your house for you to create would be a great idea. It's really based off of the person, what it, and, and not only that, but what are you creating and what type of workspace do you need in order to uh, create the things that you're making? So it truly depends on the artist, if you ask me. But me personally, I'm a homebody. I love working at home. It's easier for me to work from home. Uh, I rarely sleep, so it's easier for me to just be up at two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, making jewelry and I didn't have to leave the house and go somewhere and you know drive somewhere and go through all the things you have to go through for the commute so it, it working from home is perfect for me specifically and it just truly depends on who you are as an artist yeah so I, I totally agree with you working from home has been a godsend it's been a ble- I mean I've always been you know gearing towards that you know and then COVID-19 hit and then everyone was forced to have to work from home but mm-hmm. I was already like prepared for it, like like yes, finally yes. <laughs> the positions that I wanted to do from home I could just do from here. And, and then I start podcasting, and and then I start really diving into my creativity. And I can say working from home is an excellent motivator yes. to keep going. I agree. So how do you monitor and control the quality of your product? 
I'm the type of person, uh, even though what I make right now is costume jewelry, I try to make sure that it'll last as long as it can, considering it is what it is. If I wouldn't wear it, I wouldn't give it to anybody. So the way I monitor it is I, I go by my own standard. If I wouldn't wear it, then I'm not giving it to someone else to wear. Uh, I have very sensitive skin. So if I have something that will immediately break my skin out, then I won't even use it for other people. And I make sure that I give people exactly what I will want to have, the type of quality that I will want to have. And yes, we know it's costume jewelry, so it's not the most expensive thing in the world. But you also still want to be able to have your costume jewelry last more than one wear. So my judgment is based off of my own personal standard, which isn't a low standard because I have very sensitive skin. So my thing is based off of the sensitivity of those who may wear the jewelry that I'm making because I want people to wear, you know, I want people to enjoy what they're wearing and I don't want it to be something that immediately breaks people out. Now, of course, sometimes you you put jewelry on and you sweat and that changes things. Um, But for the most part, I look for things that will not give people immediate bad skin reactions because to me, it makes no sense. I want you to look good in what you have. I want you to feel good, literally, in what you have on. So if I wouldn't wear it, I'm definitely not giving it to somebody else to wear. This is this is a, a self-love beauty thing. This isn't a, I just want to make money, so here, buy this kind of thing. Right. And I love that about your jewelry. Like, and with each stone that you wire wrap, you also have an explanation of what type of stone it is and what healing mm-hmm. properties it has. So with somebody getting your, your jewelry, they're not just getting something that looks nice. They got something that's going to heal them or help them to heal, you know, their psyche and spirit. And I love that about your pieces. So with that, uh, when wire wrapping, what are the best techniques that you would suggest to a beginner? Uh, Okay. I'm going to have to say the only thing I can suggest at this point is exactly what I experienced. I went to YouTube. Honestly, I went to YouTube. <laughs> and I looked up <laughs> simple wire wrapping techniques and then I copied what I saw because it was hard for me to find anybody who would be willing to teach me any of that. So I had to make a way out of no way. And I remembered that YouTube is a great way to learn how to do a lot of things. So I looked it up on YouTube. I typed in simple wire wrapping and found uh, some very easy, simple techniques that you can do as a beginner. And I just copied what I saw and went from there. My wire wrapping technique right now, at this point, is still uh, a simple wire wrap because it takes a lot of uh, patience to be able to do the intricate work. I prefer the simple <laughs> thing. So I, I do the simple. I prefer so simple, you, so I do simple. Would you say that this business is building your patience? Do you uh, have to have extreme silence in, in order to be able to work? Or can you work in like a busy setting? Uh, for me personally, I like to watch movies and work at the same time. So Or listen to music and work at the same time. Usually when I'm working, my environment is not quiet. There is something in the background that I'm listening to. Uh, if the TV's on, I may not actually be watching it, but I'm listening. And then if I'm if I don't have a TV on, then I listen to the radio. So I'm always listening to something while I'm doing what I'm doing. It's just the background noise. It's something about being able to have the background noise. It's, it's never, ever, ever quiet when I do jewelry. If a customer has that already has a piece, I know you you went into this. That's how you 
first started doing jewelry. Now, you know, seeing that you are further into the game and or further into, you know, your business, if someone came to you with their own piece that was already made and asked you like, hey, can you just make this into something else? I like the beads on here, but I don't like what it's made into right now. Can you do something with this? Would you still do that? Or would you be like, you know what? No, it, I, I don't feel comfortable with touching someone else's work. Totally. I prefer not to touch other people's artistry. I, I prefer not to touch other people's work at all. Uh, I prefer not to do customizing of any kind because of how picky people can actually be and how sensitive I can be about my work. So as a result, I don't customize anything. I just create. And if you like what you see, then we can go from there. And if you don't, then that's absolutely fine. Um, and you don't have to get anything. But I specifically like to stay away from the customization and stay away from altering other people's work. I don't believe in altering other people's work. Uh, if you didn't like what they did, then you should have let them know. If there was something that you want them to do different, then you should let the original artist know. I'm not in the oh, business yeah. of taking other artists' work and then um, making some type of alteration or change to it just because the person who bought it isn't satisfied with the work. I feel like if you're not satisfied, go back to the original creator. Uh, because as a creator, I just don't think it's cool. Right, like it's a slap to the face. Like if I yeah. made a song and then somebody had went and, you know, re-recorded it or something like that, like as a cover, but they put their own spin on it, then it would make me feel like, hey, you just you just took my sound to try exactly. and do. Exactly. And then, you know, as a creator, if I'm inspired by someone else's style, you always make it a point to say where your inspiration came from. So mm. I would make it I make it a habit not to alter anybody else's work and make sure that I give credit where credit is due. So if any type of style that I've done that I've done is inspired by someone, then I would love to say where the inspiration came from. As a creator, uh, it's important to give credit where credit is due. I've seen a lot of people out there not doing so, which makes it hard for the original creators. You know, when it comes to that, it just treat others how you want to be treated. It's how it's what I think about it. I totally agree with you there. I just recently ran into a situation like this. Well, it wasn't even my situation, but I've been following this lady who writes horoscopes and she had a situation where somebody had took all the pictures that she had posted of her horoscope running through the Aquarius, the Libra, Taurus, Gemini, you know, just telling people what is going to happen throughout the month for their sign. They went, took her work and posted like it was something that they had did. And it was only because she didn't put her like watermark on her pictures that they were able to do that. But because someone who followed her was like, hey, you didn't do this. I'm going to tell on you. Like, so they told her. And so she just went throughout social media, letting everybody know what was going on. That can get really, really tricky. <laughs> really tricky and picky. Yeah. And if it's one thing that that would teach you is how important it is to mark your own work. Oh, um, yes. Because there are a lot of people out there taking other people's work and passing it off on their own as their own, which truly isn't a, a good thing to do. So if there's one thing to learn from that, it would be to be sure to mark all of your work. Like, Do you have a specific stamp? Do you have a stamp that you put on your, your work or like a specific No, symbol? but from this, I do not now, but based off of this conversation, I will get one. <laughs> Uh, for right. sure. Like just just from having this convo, it's like, oh, you know, 
there is a lot of You're that right. happening right now. You're right. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to have something that marks all of my photos. Although, honestly, I'm not worried about people copying the jewelry. Like, we all make jewelry. We're all creatives. Uh, those who make jewelry make jewelry. Um, and we all have our own way that we do what we do. But because I just kind of do it and just keep doing it, I don't, what is it? I don't duplicate or replicate anything. So I just, I just make, mm. I just make stuff, just keep on making stuff. So I'm not really worried about whether or not somebody copies me. Um, because it just is what it is. I get my beads where I get my beads. I put it together how I might put it together. And even though this this simple style may be set up the same way as hers over there, hers over there, that's just because, you know, it's a generic style of how to put things together. So that part, you know, I'm not worried about. But when people try to copy how you're doing things in business altogether and completely model themselves 100% off of you and then basically try to replace you as you, none of that right. is Right. I totally agree with you there. So how did you come up with the name for your business, Hathor's Treasure? Oh, my goodness. That took some time because uh, oh. before it was, I went through a lot of different names trying to find something that sound right. But ultimately, I went with the culture. I just went with my culture. I went with the ancestors. I, I went back to Hathor. I went to the Egyptians. I looked at what true beauty was because they definitely showed you what true beauty is. So, um, you know, I looked into Hathor, the goddess of love. She has many names and different cultures. Um, but she's she's the mother. She's the 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 house. She represents beauty. She represents love. All of that beautiful stuff. So it was only right to name my business after Hathor because what I'm what I'm choosing to put out is love. What I'm choosing to put out is beauty. And that's definitely what she was about. And that's definitely what I'm about. So it took a minute to get to the name. But once I got to the name, it ended up being a perfect name because Hathor is the goddess. She's the goddess of love. She's the goddess of beauty. She's it. Uh, she has so <laughs> many names and so many other aspects. But, you know, uh, why not name it after her? Why not have treasures that come from her? Because when we feel beautiful, you can tell we feel beautiful. It shows, it exudes from us. We do things so that you know that we feel good and we feel beautiful. And when I say me, we, I mean women. We let you know how wonderful we feel. Like when we look good, we feel good. And when we feel good, we do things for other people, for ourselves, for our loved ones, and so on and so forth. So it's just about showing yourself some love because when you love on you, then it makes it easier to love on others. Right. When you feel good, that energy exudes throughout the world. So let's exactly. just create that good feeling. <laughs> exactly. I love that. You, I love it. When you when you feel beautiful and you look in the mirror, you feel good about how you look and you accessorize based off of how you feel. Can't nobody tell you nothing. You're done. You're out of there. You're like, hey, girl, what? yes. It's the everything <laughs> for me from head to toe, boo. And then you keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how do people connect with you? How do they request your services or uh, purchase your item? Uh, right now, I am online, com. It'll take you directly to my Etsy store, although the Etsy store is not up just yet, but it will be very soon. Coming soon, guys, coming soon. But I am also on Instagram as Hathor's Treasures. I am also on Facebook as Hathor's Treasures. You can find me on any of those platforms. Do you vend? 
Are there any events coming up that you're going to be in? I do vend here right now in Cincinnati. There'll be second Sunday on May coming up. This Sunday, I will be present there. I'm not sure where else I'm going to be, and I'm kind of going to play that one by ear. Do you uh, do you ever go to other states? I have not yet, but I would like to. Well, you know I'm down to go. <laughs> Whenever trip. you're trying to go, I would, we're just going to go. Let's we're just going to take a girl's road trip, and we just going to vend our products. Yes. <laughs> Y'all hear me trying to get something started. <laughs> yes, it's a business road trip. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so, so last question, and it's a doozy. Are you ready? Ready? I'm about to throw it out. Suck it to the baby. Double dutch. Double dutch. Hey. Ready to jump on All right. So what was the most challenging step to becoming a successful businesswoman in the crafting jewelry industry? Okay. Yes. 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 So honestly, for me, the most difficult time I've had was trying to be a creator and a businesswoman. I'm more creator, more artist than I am anything else. So learning the business aspect of it was quite difficult for me all the way around not not even just specific sections of it it was just the way your mind has switched over from being the artsy creative person to the um streamlined focused business person uh that part has been very difficult for me it was difficult in the past has been difficult in the present um i've not yet mastered it I'm still a work in progress when it comes to that because a part of me would just rather create. I just rather create. I just rather wake up in the morning, get myself together to get my day going and then just create for the rest of my day. It's what I love to do. But when it comes to doing the business aspect of it, that part brings me great um, stress and anxiety um, when it comes to that. So I'm still working on that. Another thing that has been difficult for me is to find people willing to share information. I'm not ever looking for people to give me information for free. I have no problem with paying for whatever knowledge that I gain. My issue has just been finding people willing to even give the information at all. So as I mentioned earlier, I had to learn wire wrapping from YouTube because I couldn't find anybody who was willing to even teach me how to wire wrap. Um, so finding people in my field who are willing to share the knowledge that they have, whether they give it freely or I have to pay for it, I don't mind either one of those things. Just coming across the knowledge in general has been a challenge. I didn't know that it was going to be like that, but it's okay. It's just made me stronger on my journey. I'm still learning how to totally get that business aspect together. Um, but as far as the creative part is concerned, I love to do that. I got that part down. So my biggest <laughs> challenge, <laughs> my biggest challenge has been the business aspect of it. it's been monetizing it. It's how to make this into money, you know, how to get this going and keep it going. And then we had COVID hit and all of those things happen. That has been very trying for me, but I refuse to give up. I'm definitely willing and looking for people who would be uh, open to sharing their knowledge when it comes to business. I'm definitely open to classes. If somebody knows anything about classes somewhere or know somebody that I should follow who gives great advice on social media platforms, any of that, I'm willing and open to all of that because I don't know all there is to know about this whatsoever. Um, the easiest thing for me to do when it comes to all of this is truly to just create. So when it comes to everything else, I definitely still see myself um appreciating anybody's assistance willing to help me further myself when it comes to the business aspect of it because trying to be the businesswoman and the creative woman has definitely been quite challenging oh definitely for me it's been like the the organization of the business side like mm -hmm. you know I, it's like i know what i have to do 
it's just like, you know, which, which part do I do first? Or, you know, am I moving too fast? Or am I moving too slow? Or, you know, like, do I have this all set up in the way? I don't want my foundation to crumble underneath me while I'm, while I'm doing everything that I'm doing, especially, you know, with being an artist. I just recently yeah. had somebody reach out to me about my instrumentals, you know, and I'm just like, okay, like, but I don't know anything about selling instrumentals at all. Like, yeah, you can listen to it all day, but don't try to get me to sell it to you because, like, shoot, I don't know how to price it. I don't know what to do with it. You know, just listen to it. Just press play, okay? Just enjoy that. I know, <laughs> I know that's yeah, right. <laughs> But you know what, Miss Ate, I appreciate you and I'm so thankful for you coming on my show and allowing your knowledge to flow throughout. No problem. And I would love to have you back on. Like just even if you just join in like an open chat or something like that, like you you seem like a wealth of knowledge is or in positivity for when it comes to being a crafter and you know not giving up for this pandemic you know i love i love 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 your story and you. i if, if i can be the speaker box that that shares it to people i will do just that because wow. you deserve to be heard and your jewelry deserves to be seen if you're not following hawthorne's treasure on instagram or facebook yet go ahead by her page and see what she has because she has some great stuff okay especially those rope earrings love the rope earrings those are yes. the- <laughs> thank you so very much and thank you thank you so much for having me i appreciate you even choosing to spotlight me for the moment you have no idea how much that really means to me i love it i thank you for it and if there's one thing i want to say to anybody listening before i get off of here is never give up even though things might be difficult and things might seem hard and rough at the time and you may experience quite a few obstacles and roadblocks that's all right things will happen just stay determined and never give up right stay the course like i've been podcasting my name for my podcast has changed like three or four times now but i have not (laughs) exactly it happens sometimes but don't give up just keep going if even if you have to alter things change things back it up review and then come at it again that's okay it's all designed to make you better make you stronger make you wiser so use it as a stepping stone and a lesson and people speak about failure there's really no such thing because it teaches you it teaches you every single time so learn the lesson and then use it to to be better the next time yeah so thank you all for tuning in to this special rendition of 513 heartbeat black excellence episode two with miss artetta popular's treasure and you all keep it positive have a good night peace everybody Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to this special rendition of 513 Heartbeat Black Excellence Part 2. I'm your host, Sugar Renee, and you've been rocking to my beats. You can follow them on the Music Maker Jam app. My name on there is also Sugar Renee, and you can also follow me on Instagram at 513 Heartbeat, as well as Facebook, 513 Heartbeat, and Twitter as The Real Me. I love to jam, y'all, and this beat is called Cicada the season (laughs) so rock with me if you will and have a wonderful week